last week on Lore Seekers. Chat says, uh, chat says they want to cash NPC as their banker. I would highly, oh I would highly not encourage that. He will shortchange. Neither would I. Time. Would you want me following you around in a dungeon? The answer to that question is no. With random punchlines every once in a while. Could you imagine Jibs? It's just little character with with eyeglasses on and cargo shorts and Crocs, just following you around. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Making all this noise when you're trying to sneak around and steal people's oh. wallets. Craft bag really does help, and I'm not kidding. I get giddy when I'm opening up plenty of box after plenty of box, and I see that it's all things that can stack. From the depths of the darkest caverns to the peaks of the highest mountaintops, join two friends as they explore Tamriel and share their tales one pint at a time. This is the Lore Seekers Podcast. Let's go fly kite. They don't have kites in Skyrim. Do they have kites? Is that a thing? Is that a toy? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't even seen kids in Skyrim yet. Well, that's... <laughs> Or anywhere. <laughs> or anywhere in our game. There. <laughs> That's because I hate orphans. I, I was wondering if you go there. You know what? Another mysterious thing. You know what? I would love just one time. Just one time. And I think it'd be hilarious if it was out in the middle of nowhere. A toilet on a hill. Alone. It's there. Because there's no toilets in, in this game. Yes, there is. Where? It's called Merkmire. Okay, that's fair. That's where all the pupies go. That's a solid nut kick to all the Argonians. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you disparage my home swamp? <laughs> because it smells like poop from the Imperials. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, it does. Oh, here she goes. Welcome back, fellas. What can I get you today? Hi, I'll take a... Mm, mm. Well, what are you having? What's your thing? I um, Actually, it's going to sound really weird, but can you uh, get me some milk and some mead? Milk. Mix it. Milk and mead? I need something to settle my stomach. Milk and mead. I'll just take... I'll, I'll take... Make that too. Make Coming right two. up. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so... Milk and mead. What's... Uh, what's cracking? There's a lot being crack-a-lacking. Yeah, buddy. I've had a lot less sleep over the last two weeks than mm. most mortal men. <laughs> Mid-year mayhem! Yeah. It's over. <laughs> It's over! Actually, I'm a little relieved! I can take a breath! (laughs) Dude! And it's like, uh, yeah. I'm actually okay that it's over. Although, um, I'm kind of chomping at the bit to get back into Ciro just for the regular stuff. Because we have had such a great time the last two weeks. Mm. I haven't done a lick of PvE. And you know how I know? Oh. Because all my things were switched around. I had all the wrong gear on. I had the wrong Mundestone. And I just like went right back into PV and started doing things. And like, yeah. I didn't even know what the hell to do. Yeah. So it was, it was a little bit weird making the transition from like not queuing into Cyrodiil immediately. But yeah. So my- the first thing I did today 
was I played a little game called Mail Sorting Online. <laughs> and I got rid of all the email that I had because I had tons of rewards of the worthy, even though I felt quite unworthy at times throughout the last two weeks. But my God, did I have a lot of stuff in my mailbox. Yeah. How many? I think I'm sitting at 28. How many did you have? Mine was full most of the two weeks. <laughs> And I've emptied it out like every other day. I emptied it out to where it was in the 20s. So I was getting a ton. Mm. I have. I got rid of so much gear today and deconstructed so much stuff. It took me probably two hours to get through everything, rearrange my banks Mm -hmm. and get to where I can, you know, have some semblance of space again. Right. But it's my fault because like I did I did jack to prepare for it. Mid-year mayhem came so quick. This year that I was like, ah, oh, well, let's just go. (laughs) And I literally sat with the same 10 spots in my inventory and just deconstructed, left zero, came back like over and over and over and over and over again because I never took the time. I just I logged in and I wanted to get into zero. I so literally don't. I'm right there with you. I don't think I think I stepped out of zero. All of three times. In those two weeks. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and you know what's funny is when you're out of zero and Minier Mayhem's going on, when you're not there, you're like, I got to get back, got to get back, got to get back, I got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. It's like you're just, exactly. you know, you're, you're just feel like you're, you're at the wrong place during Minier Mayhem yeah. if you're not in zero. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, because that's where everybody was, at least, you know, yeah. in our, oh, yeah. the particular guild we play in on, on PCNA, that's where a majority of our, of our folks were. We had, at the times, we had two full groups running. Oh, yeah. Um, or we had, like, a group and a half, and then we'd be bringing randoms in from zero. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was a full, like, community effort week. And I know we're going to, or a couple weeks, and I know we're going to talk about it coming up here soon when we talk about our community stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a, we got a lot of stuff. It was a good, it was a good two weeks with the Lord Seekers, that's for sure. It was a fun time. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, all right, friends. Well, welcome. This is the Lore Seekers Podcast, where we talk about Elder Scrolls Online. We are your hosts. I am Jibs, and I'm joined by Cash. I prefer if you call me former Emperor Cash. Thank you very former much. Former Emperor Cash. Cha-cha-cha. I know, like limited fame. It's, yeah. When you're in zero <laughs> and you get Emp, especially during Mid-Year Mayhem, it's yeah. like... Everybody, welcome our new Emperor. <laughs> Congratulations, you've been dethroned. <laughs> it's about how fast that happens. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, it doesn't stay it doesn't uh doesn't stay around real long, that's for sure. Yeah, that's well you you also I did. are a former I did. emperor now. I did. I did. It was amazing. Took forever. But we got there. Uh it was a wonderful time. First time ever hitting Emperor. Finally hit it. The last day before it was all done. Right. Um, lore seekers round rallied around uh, instantly. Like people who weren't even in group, they're like, "Jibs is pushing, I'm joining," and just it was fantastic. We had a very experienced PVPers in the PVP community. Uh, I believe ones in chat. Devru came over from DC to Old Mary, right. led, Which, led early group, and was awesome. Dude, I just have to say how much that just tickles all the thanks for me. <laughs> <laughs> Because when we go into zero, I'm I'm not gonna lie. 
I will not lie how this whole thing happened. And I can't take credit for any of this because this is our PvP leads who are extremely good at what they do yeah. and very patient in teaching everybody. Well, what they've done is they've taught a bunch of PvEers how to PvP and addicted all of them. And we, we're going to mention you guys by name here coming up because we've got a little announcement to make about the whole event. But mm-hmm. what they have done is created a freaking monster. And I'm so proud to see the impact that the lore seekers have made on PCNA in, oh, yeah. in Zero. We hey look, we may not be full of the best, you know, one one V one or one VX or whatever players. But damn if we don't know how to siege a keep Ooh, buddy. in in record time and blast through a map. Like Absolutely. we're very good at doing that. I think they call that a what it starts with a Z. I think it's a Z. Z. Zerg, Zerg. <laughs> and I don't care. I'm pre- and like the funny thing is, we'll get like hate messages and stuff because we, we take a keep too quick or because we wipe a group or something. Oh, nice Zerg and blah blah. blah. It's like, dude, it's zero. It's zero get over yourself. Don't be bummed that you don't have more friends. Yeah, just kind of the way I look at it. It's war. Yeah, if you don't it's want gonna that to happen, don't go, be yeah. sour. That's right. If you don't want that, go to battlegrounds. And if you're not satisfied in battlegrounds, then be proactive and getting an awful little arena one day for you. So, I mean, it's a, it is literally a not war. Gonna not going to happen. What? Arenas will ruin zero. I'm telling you right now. <sighs> no. Oh, come on. Don't be like that. Uh, it'd be pretty cool, though. It would be pretty cool. Are, are, you, are you ready? I think arenas oh. should be left to people's private houses. Private houses? Yeah, to do community events. Oh, okay. That, that arena which, house is pretty amazing. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty. Um, yeah. All so, right, hey, move on with the show, dude. Jeez, right, why well, do you let me talk so long? I don't know, man. I just like listening to you. All right, you're, I'm your biggest fan. All right, so anyway, if you missed yeah. last week's episode, we talked July's Ground Store Showcase. We answered your fan mail. We talked mid-year mayhem. ESO on sale. And we did a lore lesson. It was an awesome lore lesson. I'm going to tell you all right now. It was an awesome lore lesson. If you missed it, go back and listen. Go read it. LoreSeekersPodcast.com. It was on the Sylvanar and the green lady and let me tell you that's right it's it was very carnivore wood very wood elf yeah carnivore. it was very carnivore it was yeah. very wild hunt <laughs> yes at the end crap yeah. got dark yeah i got real gnarly well it's gonna get even Rat. darker today that's for sure Rat. <laughs> uh this year we're talking mid-year mayhem results from the lore seeker community cash is going to be uh moving in those here in just a second actually yeah so live's coming up uh discussion on the expiration of antiquity leads. We've seen this mm. discussion going around the community, and we're like, hmm, let's talk about it. Mm. Mm. That's going to be yeah. a meaty one, so we'll talk about that here in a few. And then a lore lesson. <laughs> so meaty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Houses of Morrowind. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. Mm. It's kind of a, It's kind of a meaty lore lesson today on the Great Houses of Morrowind. This was actually... Another request. I'm like taking requests right now, folks, for lore lessons. If you have something you want to see covered, send us mail. Hit us up on the Tweety Twitters. Do whatever you need to do. Um, because the good ones that we haven't already covered at length, I will do. Yeah. Like, I'm not a... I no. have zero aversion to outside ideas. So. We are not above the suggestions. I uh, know. As a matter of fact... I really like them because it removes a lot of the, what the hell am I going to do this week? Yeah. 
So help us <laughs> help us out. <laughs> oh goodness. So wow. Um it's been a time. Yeah. And we had a lot of time in Zero. And lore seekers, like we just said, showed up, showed off, and I'll be honest, there has been a surge a surge of PvPers joining the Lord Seeker community. Whether they're here to spy and they're from another faction, well, I don't know. Or they're just here because they want to be here. I thought of that. I know. That could also always be a thing. You ever wonder yeah, how sometimes... get wiped a lot. One time we got cut off randomly and, like, how could they have ever known? We there could be a spy in our ranks. But it's not an Argonian. <laughs> so It'd anyway. be a wood elf because they're more stealthy. That's true. Dodge roll pass. Um, anyway, go ahead. How do we do? This week in Lore Seeker Community. I am over the moon at how, over both moons, for how well our community did. Mm. Now, I know that we had, we certainly had um, emperors, Lore Seeker emperors across all of our platforms, including what I do want to say. Uh, Geo from our PCEU chapter became the first lore seeker pceu emperor which was really cool so congratulations That's to awesome. you congratulations we're still waiting for results to come in from some of our other chapters however the thing that i'm most proud of and i never like i never want to make pcna like the big thing we talk about but that's where we play so like that's where all of our game experience comes from is from you know our our sub community at pcna but 35 Emperors. Yeah, baby, yeah. For PCNA. And it's awesome, dude. Was one hell of a two week period in Zero. We had so much fun. I learned so much about my own class. I learned so much about um about our PvP leads. I learned so much about how many new words that there are out there. Um (laughs) there's a lot of cuss words out there, it turns out. Um and I learned a few new ones, but oh. despite all the elation, all the excitement, all the frustration that we had over the over the two week period, thirty five lore seekers were crowned emperor, which makes me incredibly proud, dude. Yeah, go go ahead. I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nuts. So yeah. I want to give a massive mm-hmm. shout out yep. to our PVP leads, including one who's brand new, not new to Ciro, obviously, but he's new to our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our death, Adele, mm-hmm. Grim, all provided outstanding leadership, like yep. very, very good, mm-hmm. nice and calm, super mellow. Mm-hmm. At times, the emotions were up. Mm-hmm. But we got everything done that we needed to get done. And we brought on a new PvP lead, mm-hmm. Lanth, mm-hmm. who's also very, very good at what he does. And not only that, but when when those guys were tapped out and had to go to bed or had to work or whatever they had to do, we had other lore seekers pick it up and yeah. just start leading groups. Yeah. So for the most part, except for when people needed to, like, I got to sleep, I got to work. That's when we would shut things down, but like the next morning I'd log in and there would be a small group and throughout the day the group would just grow into a, you know, a couple of nearly full groups both times. And everybody worked together 
and just made this whole thing happen. And one person would would get Emp, and then a, you know one of the other factions would take the ring again, and then all of a sudden it was the next person in line. It was such a great effort to get everybody that freaking amazing achievement and probably one of the coolest costumes in the entire game. Oh, dude, it's amazing. The Emperor's Regalia. It's so cool. Bitchin'. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, without belaboring the whole thing, 35 Lore Seekers, which absolutely crushed our record last year of 16. Yeah. What an amazing experience. It's oh, made yeah. Your absolutely. Yeah. Uh, major thank you. Major, major, major thank you for everything. Uh, it was every day, every single day, during the day, at night, late at night, early morning. I mean, it just for two weeks, you know, these this team went at it and... So they, they were able to help facilitate achievements for lore seekers that many probably didn't know they could ever attain. There was a lot right. of lore seekers who are coming who came into this as they weren't completely new to Ciro, but this wasn't something they were really well rehearsed in. So this was their first full campaign experience. And these people got Emperor. I know Zetheria uh was one of them, you know, Pip. Right. You know, got got her emp, empress and i just it's fantastic i love 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 that so much so anyway just to mi- mirror what you said thank you thank you thank you it was absolutely amazing yeah it was it was uh really cool um and just a quick mention too uh dench peregrine really helped us out a lot too he helped us last night we're just just crushing it just doing really well mm-hmm. um and then a new addition to our guild just a couple days ago is Devaru, who is an incredibly skilled PvP player. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came to us mm-hmm. and immediately just hopped in. And I mean, besides having the most kick-ass accent on the entire in, in this entire world, awesome. Mm-hmm. Scottish and Irish, I think. Amazing. Anyway, I couldn't decide which just, one, but I liked both. <laughs> but just like the skill level that's that's coming in is just has been incredible for us. And he, he just picked up and ran a group for us yesterday like just no problem hey we're gonna go here we're gonna go here. and it's like so much easier when all oh, that yeah. stuff's going on somebody's oh, taking yeah. the time to make the calls for us that really have a good amount of experience in that part of the game so it's just as a team effort as a family effort for what we have going on with our seekers like thank you guys so much it was such a fun two weeks oh i agree i agree that was amazing look forward to next year look forward to next year it's gonna be a good time oh here comes dark elf ankles i've been looking for you Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. I don't know how I feel about you know where I am every week. How do you know? How he do just you said know? Wash, he just said wash your hands. Did you hear? Yeah, he said under his breath. He said wash your hands only. Yeah, I know. What? <laughs> <laughs> Dirty, bro. He saw you because know, he saw you come out of the tavern bathroom and your freaking hands evidently well weren't cleansed. I feel like they're pretty clean. Are you? Hot water, 30 seconds. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> ready to go. So, friends, it's that time where you send us your mail, you call us, you email us, whatever, whatever we talk about here on the show. Uh, don't forget, you can always email us, loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com, and you can always call us, 765-382-6961. Don't be afraid. It's the voicemail. Ah, there you go. First up, we got a couple emails today. We got uh, this one right here. First up, uh, the Riot69 says, On our last episode, you guys discussed storage upgrades. The form of storage I would like to see is giving us the ability to get armor trees 
to hold your armor sets to display in your homes. This would make finding sets in storage quickly and help you remember what you still need. I would love to see this available through the Master Writ system. It would look very cool to have a house displaying all the different sets and styles. Love the show. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's an idea. Hmm. That's, that's a enough. great idea. I'll take two, please. Yeah. that yeah. I remember having that in... <sighs> you have a little violin I could play? No. Star Wars Galaxies. Oh, you it now there, it wasn't a tree, but you could take your sets of armor and just set them up any oh, way man. that you wanted. So you would walk into somebody's house and they'd have a vendor there selling the armor that their character crafts. Oh my god, such nostalgia! Mm. And you would like immediately walk in and go, "Oh, they sell that set. Awesome! Let's see how much it is." And you'd open up the vendor and go, eh, "Can't afford it." So hmm. that was like my experience in Star Wars Galaxies. But yeah. this same type of deal type thing was in that. And I think Skyrim has a mod that does that too. Mm. Yeah, like uh, racks does. that you could put your yeah. gear on and yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's what I thought he they meant when you said when they said this. Right, right. Or just the ability to take the armor mm-hmm. from your bag. Yeah. Like make it part of the the housing browser. Mm-hmm. So that you could display that stuff. Would be freaking amazing i don't agree with what he when he says it would help you find sets and storage quickly i don't think that's the case i think it would, I would take get lost lo- yeah i think i think it would take longer to find which sets you have but you know yeah. the other issue is that there's so many dang sets in this game oh man you know there's what I mean? like 400 sets there's yeah there's, there's that's a that's a an abnormal amount of t- <laughs> I'll be honest, if we yeah. didn't have the search bar, let's stay for a minute. There was no add-ons, zero built-in search bar in the inventory or in your banker that you could type in if you're looking for a set. Dude, I'd be staring at my inventory screen a whole lot longer. That that search bar is a godsend. <laughs> Absolute yeah. godsend. Yeah, I would love this. And chat's also bringing up another good point. How about guild banners? Oh. Guild banners for your for your guild uh, your guild housing your personal house and oh man you there'd be lots of banners talk. all over the place. That's dirty talk. <laughs> yeah, awesome. guild achievements would be really cool. Oh yeah. What game did I play that recently that had guild achievements? Are you back in Animal Crossing? Definitely not Animal Crossing, and the only uh, reason being is because yeah. I did not make it past the intro screen. You got offended when you couldn't be bald. I was certainly not offended, but I was definitely not impressed. And I'm pl- we'll get hate mail. We're getting going to get hate mail from all the Animal Crossing. Put your phone down. Don't I don't know. Us. Fanatics out there. <laughs> Put your phones down. It's just not my jam. So I tried, I, though. Yeah, you did. I'm a grown ass man. So you got to be proud <laughs> of me. for at least doing it. <laughs> you got to be proud of me for trying. Yeah, I am actually pretty proud that you branched out and tried something. That's for sure. What I did was wasted 59 bucks. That's what I did. Mm. I basically just went, poof. That's kind of how I feel when you said you should buy Divinity Original Sin 2. Okay, I'll buy it. Yeah, we'll play together. Cool. I bought it. I'm still waiting on that group, Cash. I have one term to throw at you for the reason that I have not played Divinity on. on Switch with you. Go on. Elder Scrolls Online. 
Well, I can't say anything to that. It's the truth. I feel like it's the absolute truth. <laughs> I wake up in the morning and like my entire day focuses around when I'm going to be able to log into the game. Wow. So you call have that me much time on your hands. Tell me that I have a problem. Yeah. And I'll agree with you. Okay. I have a complete problem. Still waiting on that group. Right, 69, thank you so much for the email. We appreciate you. Now, this next one, Cash, I really want to read this to you. I don't know if you saw this in our email box. I did. But uh, I want to read this on the on the air, too. It's from okay. Kat. It's from, <laughs> this is from Kat from the UK. She says, uh, dear, Kat, J- dear Jibs and Cash, hello, long-time listener, first-time emailer. I want to drop you an email for two important reasons. One... Firstly, to say thank you for all the great content you put out every week. It's so wonderful to find a podcast that is not only dedicated to all things Elder Scrolls, but also creates such a lovely and welcoming community for everyone, including complete newbies. I started playing Elder Scrolls just over a year ago now. Stop trying to nut kick me when I'm reading an email. (laughs) When my fella bought it for me for Xmas. He is a WoW player, unfortunately. This is my first ever MMO, and I have only gotten back into gaming thanks to him after a 15-year hiatus. It's a mixture of school, university, and having no one to share with. It can be intimidating coming to something like this with no idea about the community and culture of it, and can lead to serious imposter syndrome. But your weekly episodes have helped me become truly invested in the game and feel part of a fun, friendly community, even at a distance. I'm still learning and building up the courage to join the Xbox EU Guild. Hoping to get there by the end of the year. Thank you for all you do. You make the game so much more enjoyable. Secondly, I was listening to a recent episode where you recommended mead. Mm. It is indeed a most beautiful drink. However, as a Nord at heart and a fellow whiskey drinker... Oh, I love her already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Assuming it's a her. I would, I would be remiss if I didn't recommend the following. Irish Mist. It is a be- beautiful honey whiskey liquor, and a glass has comp- has accompanied me on my recent adventures across Western Skyrim. If you enjoy mead, this just may hit the right spot. Hope you enjoy. Keep on with your awesomeness. Thank you again for everything you do, and of course, Dilly, Dilly, all the best, Cat from UK. Thank you so much for the email. Thank you very much, Cat. I do appreciate that. And um, first of all, join Xbox EU. They don't bite. They're super nice. Absolutely. That's that's the first one. The second one is I have already googled the Irish Mist. Go on. Irish Mist is a brown whiskey liqueur produced in Dublin, Ireland, sold <laughs> by the Irish Mist Liqueur Company. Um, let's see here. It is made from aged Irish whiskey, heather. Wow, wonder if she consented to that. And clover honey, aromatic herbs, and other spirits. Blended to an ancient recipe claimed to be a thousand years old. Oh, holy schnickies. Though it was once 80 U.S. proof, Irish mist is now 35% or 70 U.S. proof, which means more sugar, which, nah, sugar mm-hmm. smugger. Mm-hmm. The bottle shape has also been changed from a decanter style to a more traditional whiskey bottle shape. It is currently available in more than 40 countries. Please let ours be it. Please let ours be it. <laughs> that... Sounds amazing. I am in. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely have, let's talk. Let's do a. Let's get a bottle and talk about it on the show. Let's try it. I like it. Recommended whiskeys right here on the show from listeners. Heck yeah, I'm all about it. Let's do it. We won't be able to share the same bottle, obviously, which sucks. Yeah, uh, I know. Maybe one day. I keep having this dream that one day we'll be in the same room 
with a setup where like, everyone sees we're in the same room, a side, like, an odd table, and we're doing the show from the same location. Do it. Do it. In- encouragement. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Are you ready for news? Uh, in a second, I got a message from our friend to learn. Okay. This one, hopefully, I'm just going to put you on the spot on this one because it's kind of cool. Oh, it's, okay. All right. And this was just food for thought. Just a little discussion point. Mm-hmm. If we were to have a shop in the Elder Scrolls universe, two questions. Where would it be? Mm-hmm. And what kind of things would we sell? And don't steal mine. Well, you go first, and then I'll steal no, it. No, you go. All right. Skuma. Hard skuma. Uh, ancient you skuma. Just, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what would I sell? Wow. kind of... Uh, uh, I would sell spells and scrolls. Like uh, the, spe- the spells that you could learn, you know, from the art single-player RPGs. You go buy a spell. Yeah. From where? Uh, I would sell it right in front of Cold Gear Lore Seeker at Western Skyrim, whose mystery <gasps> of the NPC hood that we've never got for information on. Rich Lambert did you, chat. Did you notice that she's huh? kind of hot? She's amazing. Yeah. That looks a I mean, lot like a barmaid, hood thing actually. And not going to lie. Yeah. She's pretty cute. Yeah. So there's that. Like, I haven't told my wife yet. She looks a whole lot like the barmaid. <laughs> but anyway, go on. That's my what turn. I would sell. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I'm pretty sure what I would sell would be in Cyrodiil. I'm going to set a merchant up in Cyrodiil. Okay. Okay. And you know what I'm going to sell? Cups. The ability to sell my stuff while I'm there. <laughs> in the middle of the battlefield. Right in the middle of the fight. Yeah, although there there are there are already <laughs> merchants that like walk they just like yeah. walk through this war torn land. Actually Cyrodiil's pretty beautiful when you think about it. You just gonna anyway. set it up like right in the middle of the Zerg? Everyone's fighting. Maybe not in the middle of the Zerg. Blood's flying everywhere. Come on, by your <laughs> I know you know what my favorite thing is in Zero? <laughs> what? When you run like the first you just zone in yeah. Everybody gets ready. Everybody groups up. Y'all get set to go. Okay, this is the target. This is where we're going. Let's go. And you get there. And they're like, okay, Max Siege. I want to see 20 out of 20. <laughs> and you realize you didn't put your Siege on your quick bar. So you end around like, you end up just running around while everybody's sieging. And you're like, I'll just, uh, what you- I'll take out this NPC <laughs> so he doesn't shoot arrows at your knee while <laughs> you're doing the siege. <laughs> What you do is you get right up on the battering ram, like I'm helping. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just be the guy that just runs around with nothing to do, <laughs> and even worse, yeah. You aggro while everybody's sieging. You aggro all the NPCs to get them off your friends. Well, oh. and then you die. And then you die. <laughs> not good. Don't. No. Do not do. Don't do be, not recommend. Zero be, out of ten. Don't be <laughs> that guy. Do not do. <laughs> But yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, there we go. All good right. Times. Those are the good stuff. Well, don't forget, friends, you can always email us, Podcast at gmail.com. And, of course, you can always call us, 765-382-6961. Hear ye, hear ye, Tamaril has some news. 
All right. Well, don't forget, before we get started, if you want to get something for free on us, you sure can. Our friends at Audible, go to audibletrial.com forward slash loreseekers. And if you sign up for their free 30-day free trial, you get one free Audible book and two free Audible originals on us. Keep your service going. Cancel whatever you want to do. You keep the books 100% for free. I've done it before. Not with that link. An old one from many, many years ago. And it's easy. Works pretty pretty simple. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Loreseekers. All right. So, friends, news was a little light this week, but the discussion's yeah. coming. Except for one big giant bombshell. Yeah. So this kind of happened today. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, hey, by the way, this is coming. Uh, if you're listening on release day, on Friday, well, something is happening later this afternoon at 3 p.m. EST, ESO Live, Q3 DLC announcement and preview. So. Boom. Yeah. There's Mic the drop. That's good. Yeah, they, that's all they could say and just walk away and be fun. <laughs> like, just everybody's just like coming out of the stupor, like rubbing their eyes, just going, oh, mid here, babe. Oh, I got to nurse my injuries. And then they're all, hey, guess what? New DLC is getting announced yeah. tomorrow. You know what ESO Excuse does? Me, what? A, yeah, you're exactly right. You know what ESO does a good job of? Surprises. It just keeps going. I know. Coming out of an event. Boom. DLC's coming. Boom. We got more, all kinds of stuff to speculate, talk about it's, for the next few months. I know. I mean, it's Do just, you, like, ridiculous. I know that we've talked about this before because of previous shows, right? Yeah. We we would go weeks where we'd have to make crap up. Oh, like, literally. Like, things to talk about. Like, we're not yeah. making up the information from these companies, <laughs> but... The one thing yeah. that we never have to strive for from Zoss is information on what's coming. Like it's others oh, always something released and something being talked about that yeah. is coming down the pipe, getting changed, uh, you know, new new items coming out. There's always topics of conversation. It's never like a lull show where we do like 30 minutes of just you oh. and I insulting each other and we're done because there's no news it's never that way yeah well you know we've said numerous times on the show it's a jam-packed episode and it's true because there's content to talk about i do remember those days i remember when we did swotor i remember when we did wild star and i remember uh, mmos side caveat to anyone who's thinking about doing a podcast mmos are great for podcasts you know why because there's a lot of things to talk about but when you don't have weekly content coming in or weekly updates and stuff, it, it gets very dry. Single-player games are the worst. Oh, man, your shows are limited at that point. <laughs> That's the worst to do a show on. Oh, man. I mean, like, the, the, like the people who... Now, granted, there is the Elder Scrolls universe. So people who have done shows on, like, Skyrim. Oh, that's... Yeah, dude. Totally doable because there, you, oh, yeah. there's tons of different things you can talk about. But oh, yeah. you're not talking about new content that's coming out. That's that's kind of my point. Whereas an MMO, especially a popular MMO, and one that runs on an up an update, upgrade, new yeah. content schedule as much as, as Elder Scrolls Online does, like mm-hmm. we never have a problem finding content, which is it's par for the course. It's pretty cool. I agree. I agree hundred yeah. percent. So from this article over at ElderScrollsOnline.com, you know, only they could have just said they could have said the title Q3 DLC announcement and preview 3 p.m. EST 
They could have just put a Twitch link and said, come watch. And that would have been the end of the article. And people would have shown up. <laughs> you know. And it still would have been good. Still would have I, been think, good uh, but... I think Rich said that he was going to get a, a facial tattoo. Oh, cool. Is he going like the yeah, high drop? Of, um of Debella. <laughs> if, um, if there was a certain number of people that showed up to this. Let me say. <laughs> I'm like... I'm like peering over at the Twitch chat right now to see if he's still awake. <laughs> Patiently waiting. Stop nodding off, Rich. Yep. Oh, man. Debella, she can be fully clothed. It's okay, Rich. Debella, she's a nice lady. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> she's a nice lady. <laughs> All right. So watch to get a live first look at the upcoming Q3 DLC release and update 27. Learn about your next big adventure as a mystery developer guest joins Jessica Folsom and Gina Bruno of the ESO community team to announce and preview the new DLC release, its content and setting, and how it fits in the dark heart of Skyrim year-long epic. Now, when they Ooh. came out with this, I'm st- I was still very casually working through the story, the main story. This came out today, and the wheels were just like... Get to work. They better hurry it up. <laughs> Ditto. Oh, man. It's going to be... I'm, oh, by the way, Twitch drops will be enabled. And as always, there'll be news and giveaways and all kinds of things, but... I'm not going to lie. It's, it has been very difficult. Not that it's not good, because it is. I think you, you mentioned it today. There's like a, such yeah. a different flavor to the story. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not just the story. It's the circumstances and when the story's releasing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, my, let me finish my point so this doesn't sound terrible. So um, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not that the story's not good. That's not the case at all. It's just that, like, for, for Jibs and I, when we log in now, it's very hard for us to get just complete story time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of community management stuff. And, you know, when people want to run stuff. And, you know, now we have obligations to run trials and all that stuff. So that's a lot of our time. So it's harder to sit down and just zone out. And I think I don't even want to admit this, but there's times where I just click myself offline just so I can do stories and won't get interrupted. Yeah. I'll take my, I have to take my phone and turn it like that upside down. That's why you never answer. So I don't get discord messages and stuff. I'm just like, I love you all, but I'm lowering. That's that's why you don't respond to my middle finger text. Yeah, I'll always respond to those just because they're fine. <laughs> and I have to middle finger back because <laughs> nobody's going to get away with that. That's what we do. Where I yeah. just oh, I don't even want to speculate. I just want to enjoy it because look, I'm we're both admittedly not through the main story yet, just because we've been taking our sweet time. But uh, let me tell you. I know you've been working through content today. I've been working through content today. And boy, oh boy, does this main story feel like Skyrim. Oh, yeah. It yeah. is a Skyrim story, man. Absolutely. And um, I think the reason for that, the reason for the, I won't even say for the hold off, but for the deflection, mm-hmm. it's Zoss's fault. <laughs> I'm blaming it on Lehman. Oh, oh Okay. It's so it starts with an A and ends with antiquities. <laughs> it's that true. is the most addicting game system I have ever 
touched. When do you get lean back oh, on that him? that sounded really creepy. No, it didn't. Experienced. You know, it's when you elaborate that things get creepy. If you just let it go, if you let it go, they won't... Uh, they won't if you let it go! <laughs> just, if you don't keep walking, they won't pick up on it. Get it out, Christopher. Yeah. So, go play to diapers when I'm done. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I, I feel, you know, I, do I feel bad? Yeah, I feel a little bad, but... Damn, yeah. am I getting a lot out of antiquity system? It's just oh, man, fun. It's good. That, it is it's good. An, like it's, it tells its own story. It is good. And let's On move its into own. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's move into that. Because the antiquity system is vast. <laughs> uh, underlined times a million. Vast. Yeah. There it's you're all over the world. You're all including zero. Yeah, including zero. That's exactly yeah. right. I got my yeah. Heartland picture. Oh, did you? I did. Ooh. It is sitting in the guild hall under construction right now. <laughs> and I'm waiting for that thing to go up somewhere. I don't care. I don't even care if it's over the urinal. Uh, well, I want the Heartland pictures somewhere in that guild hall. It's going to be. Yeah. The picture's awesome. It's pretty amazing. I know. And I finally got it. I watched. Well, congratulations. Probably 50 people get it in front of me when we were getting delve buffs. Yeah. During Mid Year Mayhem. Right. And I'm literally going, mm-hmm, Are you kidding me? I still haven't gone it yet. You know when I got it? When? In the middle of the night when I was repairing keeps for AP. Oh, I remember, I remember the, the group telling me about that story. That was when yeah. you were pushing for imp, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I got it. I, I ended up getting it, but it was I had to go do a delve buff by myself because normally we do delve buffs as a group. Right. Everybody light attack. Now back off. Everybody gets a hit. And then you get the blessing of war. You get your buff. Mm-hmm. Well, when I finally went in and did a delve solo in the middle of the night, lo and behold, I got my heartland lead and I went in and Fantastic. did this. But I had to do it immediately. You know why, Jibs? Why? Because otherwise I'd have forgotten about it. And then if I forget about it, there's a chance... My lead will expire, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I, I don't I don't. Uh, <laughs> it's as if we cast it for years and you know how notes. to do in, you know how to do segues <laughs> because it's in our notes. <laughs> uh, I don't understand why leads expire. I don't understand the thought process behind it, and I'm going to lay this out here. You tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm right. You are not right. You are wrong. Fantastic. Oh, I have Next, to wait. On to the lower line. Oh, yes. Roger. <laughs> so, if the game is truly play how you want to play, go where you want to go, level how you want to level, why are there expir- expirations on leads? Because you are no longer at a point where you may get a lead and you may you know, dive into something else for a month that you love in ESO. And you may lose that lead because of that. You're no longer at a point where you can play how you want. You're like, you can, but it's like, I gotta get back. You know, it's just, talk, talk to me. What? How long what does do it take think? for leads? So I'm going to ask you a series of questions. This is going to be um, a question and answer period slash interrogation. Okay. Wow. All right. Right. <laughs> Prepare yourself. So, do I need to like, is this like one of those seats where they're strapped down like you can't leave? No, and you don't need an attorney either. Just shut your was, mouth and I go was in considering the room. it. Okay. Okay. Right, Dad. 
How long does it take for a lead to expire? 30 days. Supposedly. Okay. I've never had one expire. Right. Why? Because I haven't had 30 days yet. And because you're doing them. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool, cool. Hold that thought. Okay. What is one of the inherently important things that a gaming company needs to hit for their game in order to attain player retention? General concept. Ask that one more time. What is a what is one of the things, one of the markers that companies nowadays try to hit with their game in order to retain oh, subs players? Subs. Subs, or, yeah. Okay. Well, I, don't, I don't want you to guess like a thousand times, so I'll just tell you what I'm thinking. Okay. Replayability, right? Okay, yeah. They want their game to be able to be revisited for various different reasons. So... Just like, I mean, now some people might just be inherently insane, like myself, who is completely willing to mm -hmm. roll 20 different characters and take them all through the dang stories. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I might be in the minority, but a majority of the players need some type of system or multiple systems that they can play over and over and over again. So in the rare case that you get an antiquity lead that you a rare antiquity lead that you don't go and dig up and it eventually expires after 30 days you have to dive back into the antiquity system and the world to go get that lead again right mhm mm a majority of those leads aren't that hard to get they may take some time, some of the more rare ones, but at the same time, it's getting you back out into the world to do it. So pardon me for saying that some of the people who are complaining about leads expiring are being a little bit too sensitive. Jesus, I'm, that's not a good thing to say nowadays. You just uh, want to open up the email inbox? I'll let you handle emails for the next week. I don't want to talk about sensitivities right now. It's too soon. <laughs> um, but to say that they're being a little touchy about the fact that these antiquity leads will expire after set amount of days leads me to give them some advice. If you pick up a lead that is really hard to get, go dig it up. And then you don't have to worry about it. But here's the thing. What if those people are getting leads? Because, you know, for instance, I got a mythic item. Uh, it was the boots and zero. Right. Can't dig it up I, yet. I, I can't dig it up yet. Yeah. Um, Get after I'm, it. Yeah, right. And I'm going to use myself Ooh, that, as an example. That's right? going to be unpopular. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to use myself as an example. Yeah. I'm not high enough yet. I know I'm not high enough yet. Now I know I'll get there. Then get right higher, now, baby. I know get right higher, now, baby. I, <laughs> Don't I'm ever working. come down. <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible. I'm working. <laughs> I'm working on the main story for Graymore. Let's mm -hmm. just say, let's just say, theoretically, I'm, this isn't going to happen because I can tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to be going and digging these leads up. But let's say theoretically, I get lost in story. Elder Scrolls lore and story for a month. Forget about that lead. Boom. 
lose a lead. Whose fault was that? That is absolutely my fault. Who logs into your account? Me. I know. I, I'm being a dick. But I totally... I, I see what you're saying. And I do agree that you have validity to that point. And I also understand that people out there can't play as much. I totally understand that. But my original point stands. You get lucky enough to pick up a higher level lead that you can't go track down because your level is not high enough in scrying and excavation. It's still, even if it expires, does it suck? Yeah. Get over it. It gets you back out into the world to get that thing again. So it does lend to replayability for the system because once everybody gets through the system, if nobody goes back and touches the antiquity system again until updates are are brought to it and new things are put into the world, then it becomes a moot system. You know what I mean? You're right. Mm -hmm. Like, I I get... I understand all sides of this argument, but that happens to be my personal opinion. I don't think it's a terrible thing. If there's something I really want, I'm going to get it. I'm not max at antiquities yet either. Even on, like on the character that I'm playing mostly right now, I'm not maxed at all. I'm level eight. It's right. a grind to get from eight to 10. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So I am still sitting on things that I on leads that I've unlocked that I may not get to. And if I don't, then, eh, that on me. I was in friggin' zero for two weeks, having a blast with another portion of the game. So I don't right. feel like it's a terrible thing to lose a lead because of time. I would honestly, uh, I feel both. I really feel both camps. Like I legitimately am questioning it, but I'm also in the camp that you just stated because it keeps the game fluid. It keeps things right. rolling, moving forward, you know, and it's going to keep you going back. So I really, I see both camps and I feel, I definitely support both camps. I think it's one of those things where I would like to get an official stance on it. I would like to have an official word on why it is the way that it is. And to be honest with you, one thing I would love to have added to the game innately is a timer when this expires. Oh, yeah. Just right under the lead. Just, you know, how many days till this expires? Let us know, because right now you're really in the dark. I know I have... That's a great point. Uh, what What is the... What is the the race? It was a really bad race um, in the in the, in the the game that did a lot of bad things. Um, ancient elves. I'm having a dad moment. Blue uh, areas. <laughs> the Marmor. Uh, no, not them. They're close. Not the Marmor? No, the other ones. Uh, the wells that you could go and Ciro and... Uh, Aliens. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, the freaking wild aliens were the worst. They were awful. Killing the kids. That's where all the kids went. That's where the kids went. That's where all the kids went. No wonder there's no kids. Oh, my gosh. Reminds me of Fable. Do you want to be my dad? Oh, that's awful. All right. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway. That oh, (laughs) we have to be two of the stupidest men on this planet. Oh, that's pretty accurate. (laughs) Stuff that makes us laugh. Anyway, I know for a fact I've been sitting on. I think it's an alien throne. I think that's. I think that's what it is for at least two weeks, possibly going into three weeks. And I'm getting concerned because I don't remember where I got it, and I sure as heck don't know how much time I have left on it. 
So sounds like somebody needs to make a pot of coffee and stay their ass up and do some scrambling. Sounds like somebody needs to mind his own business. <laughs> sounds like you need to get, get permission trip. from the I'm wife to get your butt right in the nuts. <laughs> Stop talking when I'm talking. I'll do what I want. You you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. I, I, I totally see where you're at. You see where I'm at. I think we're on both sides. We both completely get each other. Uh, you complete I would just, me. I j- <laughs> Sorry. It's true. It just spurted out. <laughs> oh, well, you know, sometimes you got to let those feelings roll. Yeah, well. Let, just let them finish. But uh, in, in the very least, if I, I do like the fact it keeps the game fluid, not ha- or having these expire, but in the very least, some kind of timer doesn't have to be down on the minute just days until this thing expires would be really beneficial if we're going to have that in the game i think um i think that's actually a really good point because the fact that you're in the dark on some of these i think like the fishing ones i totally get what you're saying friends i just i just happen to be i don't know i'm a podcaster i'm I'm opinionated it comes with territory but just the fact that I don't think it's that big of a deal doesn't mean that I haven't run into a situation yet because I haven't done the fishing ones yet. So I don't have a feel for how difficult it can be to get some of these just to have them expire. So at the very least, some type of a timer would be a fantastic idea. Yep. Or at least some kind of a lore lesson to why they expire. Uh, I would I would like that because I'm kind of built in lore a bit just so I know. I know, like... <laughs> Like, hey, you, you've Dumbo. taken arrow to the knee. You've passed out, and you've been in the infirmary for four weeks. <laughs> Screen goes black. And and your confidential informant that was uh, telling you the information about where to find this particular antiquity has passed. <laughs> Sorry. Of dysentery? You died gonna... of dysentery? <laughs> you died of dysentery. You're going to have to go find it again. Oh... Oh, we are that silly. That would be hilarious. Okay. Are you ready for lore? Are you ready for lore? <sighs> yeah, I hear it's a fat one. Here we go. That was judgy. Did you just call me fat? I'm not fat. I'm big bone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just husky. Friends, lore lesson 108 tonight. Tonight we're talking the great houses of Morrowind. I think this one was a long time coming because um, we covered Morrowind a long time ago. And with all the things in snowy regions that have been going on, we have uh, not really covered anything about this particular region. Bartonfell, Morrowind, Slash, Tribunal, Omsivi, all those good things that are so very Dark Elf. We haven't covered in a while. So we got a request to cover the Great Houses of Morrowind, and we are going to do so. However, you have a warning. And this is serious. Now, I joke a lot, but this is a serious part. In covering this particular piece of Elder Scrolls lore, there are some very sensitive topics, including the enslavement of some of the races in Tamriel. Now, although we're just covering the lore, like we're going to write this stuff, we're covering the lore. 
If this particular thing bothers you in any way, you might want to skip this one. Couple of mentions, it's not terrible. Uh, I mean, the amount is not terrible, just a couple of mentions, and that's it. But if that kind of thing bothers you, then just skip it. Catch the ne- catch the next one next week. Anyway, let's talk to Great Houses Morrowind. In the great region of Morrowind, there are several separate institutions of Dunmer whose origins date back to the time of the very ancient tribes of the region. Now, the different houses referenced as the following, House Dagoth, House Drez, House Halalu, House Indoril, House Redoran, House Sadras, House Telvani, should all sound very familiar to you, to you if you play Elder Scrolls Online or any of the other Elder Scrolls games. These particular houses function as the major political parties of Morrowind, having a stake in the region's trade and governance. Now, born of the ancient tribes of Velothi, which is otherwise, otherwise known as the Chimer, the ancient Dark Elves, these houses evolved over the centuries from very primitive groups of territorial clans into the fully functioning governmental entities that they are today. Here's your first fun fact. The Chimer, also known as the Changed Folk, or the Velothi, are the ancient Aldmer who left their lives on Somerset for a new life and found themselves settling in Morrowind. They were a group of high elves devoted to the fundamental worship of their ancestors and followed the teachings of the prophet Veloth, who was a mystic Chimer known as the father of the Dunmer race. So each of the houses provides representatives to form a grand council. Now, this is a ruling body of Morrowind since late in the first era. Now, each of these houses contains a ruling council of them of their own to enforce their individual policy of codes and codes of conduct. Membership into the various houses is usually determined by birthright or marriage. Although outlanders may join a great house as hirelings first and perhaps advance within the house if they serve with loyalty and forsake any allegiance to all other houses. So let's first talk about the three great houses of Vardenfell. Now, these are the three that actually hold some type of a political interest on the island of Vardenfell. And these three include House Redoran, House Halalu, and House Telvani. Let's talk about House Redoran first. House Redoran was led by a society of honorable warriors, and it considered itself Morrowind's defenders. Redoran reveres both the Adra and the Daedra and holds the territories of the western portions of Morrowind. House Redoran follows the teachings of St. Nerevar, or Lord Indril Nerevar, who was a Chimer hero and champion to Azura during the First Era. They value duty, gravity, and piety for the gods and for the virtues that they follow. Their duty is seen as belonging to the individual, then to the family, and finally to the house. Talk a little bit about House Halalu. Now, governing the Halalu district in western central Morrowind in the settlement of Narsis 
Aus Halalu's influence centers around commerce and adaptation with surrounding cultures. They were a very welcoming house. The opportunistic Halalu hold their morals as paramount, and they put business second to the value of a good reputation. Now, this is quite interesting considering the house Halalu are very good talkers and very skilled salespeople. They utilize every tool in the box, including hired muscle and sneak thieves, which is why having a good reputation and holding their morals so high is so interesting to me. Now, Halalu's ranks hold some of the most honest and respected officials, but on the other hand, it includes some of the most conniving and some of the most corrupt. And perhaps Halalu's most redeeming quality is its willingness to live in peace among many of the other races which separates Halalu from the other Dunmer great houses, which you will soon see. Let's talk about House Telvani. Ruling from the Telvani district in eastern Morrowind, House Telvani holds its council seat from the settlement of Sadrith Mora. Telvani's comprised of mostly egocentric and often ruthless magic users in the form of mages and wizards. And to the rise through the ranks in this organization, subterfuge and the sudden removal of other members is very commonplace. Mm. Members of House Telvani are often the isolationist type, choosing to default to their own selfish motives and not be ruled over by anyone, especially the Mages Guild. They are not fans. They prefer not to interact with the other houses, which allows them to remain relatively free of enemies. The less people you have to piss off, the less people you come into contact with, the less conflict you're going to have. Here's another fun fact. Oddly enough, despite House Telvani being such staunch defenders of the Dunmer right to slavery, both Khajiit and Argonians, who are the two most common races to be enslaved, could actually join and advance within the house with the same level of respect as every other race. Thought that was incredibly cool. I, agree. I mean, not the slavery part, obviously, but the fact that you can earn it and ascend and be a person of power. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So the other great houses of Morrowind, these are the ones that do not specifically have a tie or an interest in Vardenfell. These are the other surrounding houses of Morrowind. So unlike the preceding houses, House Drez and House Inderil really don't care what happens within Vardenfell. Let's talk about House Drez. Now, they only hold territories on the mainland, and House Drez governed its followers from the Drez district in the city of Tyr in the southern, southeastern part of Morrowind. This area includes the Shan, the, border, uh, the borders of Inderil uh, and Halalu districts, and then also the areas that extend into the Black Marsh, Shadowfen, and Thorn Marsh. Which, if you know anything about lore, they had a reason for ruling these districts. So the tombs of House Drez families can be found on Vardenfell, although they've never really claimed dominion over any lands there. House Drez 
has a very rural existence and they maintain plantations of salt rice in the area surrounding Tyr and where the Dunmer most responsible for moving slave labor from the marshlands into the other great houses for sale. The patron saint of Haustraz is Lothus the Pious, the Dunmary patron of tailors and dyers. So, Haustraz are the slavers. They're the ones that are going into the marshlands to capture the Argonians and bring them to the other houses. That's a gnarly house. There's a real dark side of them. It's terrible. Why I hate the I'm not kidding, like that's why I hate the dark elves. Like the, mm. anyway, enough of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. House Inderil. House Inderil finds its center in the heartland of Morrowind and in the ancestral city of Mornhold. Sound familiar? Um, House Inderil holds title to the lands near the inner sea, near the island of Gorn, and to the eastern stone falls areas and Deshaun. Other settlements include the holy city of Necrom and the port city of Davin's Watch. These are all super iconic, travelable places in Elder Scrolls Online. House Enderil tends to be very conservative in their support of the Tribunal Temple. Don't worry, we'll cover them in a sec. They revere the teachings of both the Tribunal itself and that of St. Olm's the Just, the patron of Chandlers and Clerks, which is basically traders and provisioners. So here's a little fun fact. I know we have already covered this in a previous lore lesson. I think it was 80, maybe. Anyway, the tribunal. Let's talk of these folks. They are also known as OMCV, and you might see that acronym in lore books all over Tamriel. And what is it? Omalexia Sothasil Vivek. It's basically what that what that means, or it's gonna mash together. They're also known as the three. Well, all three of them were the ruling gods of Morrowind and of the Dark Elves from the first era through the third era. The overseeing members were, of course, Lord Vivek, Almalexia, and Sothasil. The Tribunal Temple is their place of worship. All right, let's talk about how Sadras. Following the Oblivion Crisis, which was about midpoint in the Third Era, and the eruption of Red Mountain in the early part of the Fourth Era, House Halalu fell in league with the Imperials and allowed their district to fall under Imperial law and customs. Due to the close ties with the Empire that Halalu had, they were blamed for the suffering of the Dunmer people during that time. As a result... House Halalu's great house status would be stripped by the Grand Council of Morrowind. Now they needed a fifth house to be selected to fill the seat on the Grand Council. House Sadras was that house. House Dagoth. They are known as the sixth house. Now this also brings to mention more of what we covered, more of the Battle of Red Mountain and how all of that ties into the Great Houses of Morrowind, which we have covered in another lore lesson. But House Dagoth, known as the Sixth House, 
was led by the immortal High Counselor Vorin Dagoth, who is later known as Dagoth Ur. Now, initial mentions of House Dagoth date back to the War of the First Council between the ancient Chimer and the Dwemer. Dagoth Ur was extremely apprehensive about any imperial influence, and for that reason, the growth and expansion of House Dagoth was very slow, albeit methodical, it was very slow growth. Most of the reach of House Dagoth under Vorin Dagoth revolved around the area of the Red Mountain and some scattered little strongholds and little bandit caves and stuff that they held. But for the most part, they didn't have a whole lot of influence, which was why it was known as the Sixth House. Like, eh, you're not really part of the Grand Council. Now, at the famed Battle of Red Mountain... All of the members of House Dagoth were either killed or they outright just dropped their weapons and said, I'm out. I'm going to go join another house. And they defected. So here's a little fun fact for you about House Dagoth. As you will recall from previous lore lessons, lore lesson 80, which is where we covered the Anumidium. That's the one where you're going to get a lot of information about House Dagoth. House Dagoth's leader, Dagoth Ur, was not actually killed in the Battle of Red Mountain, which many thought he was. He actually survived and recovered under the mountain, becoming more powerful than ever before. He subsequently attempted to recreate the Dwemer God construct called Numidium in an attempt to overthrow the tribunal of Sothesil, Vivek, and Almalexia. He hated him. But in the process, he was slain by the Nerevarine. For the complete story of the Numidium, like I was saying before, hit up lore lesson number 80, the Numidium. That's a good one. It's a really, yeah, it's a really good one. one. So we're going to touch on some more of, the, of some of the more historic houses of Morrowind just way, way before and what happened to them. Some of them were kind of significant, some of them weren't. First one, which I know Jibs will love, was House Dwemer. <gasps> you stop that. Sit on your hands, mister. Hands are in the air. Because of the very nature of the Dwemer, obviously, there's little known about the house structure of House Dwemer. I bet God Howard knows all about it, but we will not. The only other th- really f- real facts about this thing is that they existed. That's the only thing we know is just according to Imperial text. And there's mention of them in the tribunal's apographa. They're in there. So during the time of the first council of Residane, which is the area that's now known as Morrowind, the region was very strongly influenced by the Nerevar and Dumak, the Dwemer king. Other than that, not a whole lot of mention about House Dwemer. You talked about them in uh, Lore Lesson 25, and also there's a couple side quests. A few side quests. Nice. FYI. Check out the big brain on Jibs. Google's amazing. What was Lore Lesson 25? Uh, that would have been August 31st, 2018. Wow. What was the what was the topic? Uh, Lore Lesson 25, The Dwemer. Oh, it was on The Dwemer. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. That's Thank a you. That's a meaty one, too. Thanks Woo! for checking that out. You're welcome, um, guy. The, uh, the next little known house is House Mora. Now, this was considered a minor political house. They didn't have a whole lot of reach. 
but they were comprised of Dunmer with human ancestry in their bloodline. Now, the Ra'athim clan was a noble family from Ebonheart and was part of House Mora and subsequently formed their own house, House Ra'athim. They were renowned miners of the precious metal known as Mithril. Then there was House Salothan. In the ancient time of the Chimer, House Salothan was a house of unknown lineage. This is super vague, and I apologize for it, but there's just not that much information on them. They were killed, and the house was dismantled during a quote-unquote pivotal battle during that time. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> Other than you can find their ancestral tomb in uh, in the West Gash near Nisus. Then there's House Sotha. And this one mm. made me laugh. And I'll tell you why. This minor house originating from the location of Ald Sotha was considered rather unremarkable by most accounts. The house was comprised of Sotha Seal his sister Sotha Nal, and a few other settled Keimer of Ald Sotha. Pretty small influence house. The town and the house hub were invaded and destroyed by the Daedric Prince Mehrunes Dagon during the First Era, and Sotha Seal was the only survivor of the attack, and he was rescued by his buddy, Vivek. Now, the location of Ald Sotha fell into ruin and became occupied by Daedra for centuries. A shrine was erected to Mehrunes Dagon in remembrance of his destruction of the city, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, unless the Daedra put it up, but I didn't have any information on who actually put that up. Now, members of the Tribunal Temple would make pilgrimage to the Daedric Shrine beneath the ruins from time to time. And I liked this one. The Ordinators was a sect of holy guards and priest warriors of the Tribunal Temple, and they were assigned the task of keeping the location free of Daedric worshippers. I thought that was cool. Now, why did I laugh about Sotha Sill and this house being so unremarkable? I'm not going to deny the fact that in my own personal opinion, Sotha Seal was a genius. But if you look back into the story about why the battle at Red Mountain took place and what he was trying to do, he was trying to ascend him and his friends into godhood by feeding off of the heart of Lorcan and going against what they promised that they would do. I believe it was Azura they promised that they would not do. And they betrayed her. And Sotha Seal is the reason that Almalexia and Vivek fell into that temptation. So, I'm such a nerd. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm such a nerd. Sotha Seal pisses me off. Because such a brilliant mind. I mean, he made the Clockwork City into like a tiny little box. Like, that's pretty amazing. But how power-hungry is a person to be able to do that? So to have his own little minor house, House Sotha, be so unremarkable, I literally chuckled. And I don't even feel bad about it. So anyway, that's just my personal opinion about Sotha Seal. I know there's a lot of Sotha Seal fans out there, and 
I don't know. Honor <laughs> is kind of a big deal to me. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to keep going with a fun fact so I don't ramble. So anyway, not considered a traditional house of Morrowind by any account, but I can't get through this lore lesson without mentioning the Ashlanders. Now, they're also known as the Velothi for their reverence of the prophet Veloth. But they are the Dunmer nomads that lived in the wilds of Morrowind. Now, they embrace a very tribal culture, and they do not acknowledge the more civilized and structured culture of the established houses, and they absolutely shun the power of the tribunal, which makes me like them even more. And they're kind of like the dark elf equivalent of the Bosmer, which makes me like the Ashlanders a lot. Underdogs that live in the wild. I freaking love that. So just know that there is so much more to the story of the Great Houses of Morrowind, and this is really just hitting on the tip of the iceberg with this lore lesson. If anything, I encourage you to seek more lore if this is something that does interest you. There is an incredible amount of stories touching on each of these houses. So read the lore books in the region of Morrowind um, and in Vardenfell. Seek out those ancestral tombs because there's stories behind all those things. They're scattered throughout Vardenfell. There's an achievement behind it. And most importantly, play through the quest lines in those areas because all of this stuff comes up. And there's some really cool stories about the different families and their demise and their rise to power and just super informative and... um, very, very house worthy of your time if you're interested in the Dark Elves at all. Really, really Agreed. cool. Man, that was good. I'm really glad you did that. Well, thank you. It was a little longer was, one, but... That was a good refresher. You know, I'll be honest with you. After hearing that, it kind of helps me figure out... Like, I've always been fond of Morrowind. That's no secret. And I've always been fond of the Dwemer. But that's no secret. I'll be honest with you, I'm really not fond of any of the other houses. Like, none of them really interest me. Except, kind of fan of the sixth house, I'm not going to lie. Maybe it's because he's the bad guy. You know how I am with bad guys? With, um, uh, what's, gosh, I'm having a dad moment. I'm scrolling, trying to find the name. Dagoth? Yeah. I kind of like Dagoth. I kind of like that whole house. But I'll be honest with you, the house I love the most is the house that I'll never know. Because they're now yeah. history at this point, you know? <laughs> yep. So it's like, it's weird. It puts you in that place. Like, when that's what you care about, it's like you kind of feel like a wanderer when it comes to what you love about Elder Scrolls as far as a race is concerned. Right. But I really, really appreciate you doing this. This is good. This was a good look at all the houses. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. And, um, you know, I know um, our RP lead, Livia, is a big fan and I think she RPs, I forget which house she RPs her character in. And I don't want to speculate. But I figured she would enjoy this one, too, just oh, because yeah. she's she's very into the Dark Elves. And I don't think, I think because of my personal feelings about the race of Dark mm-hmm. Elves, and I don't mm-hmm. intend that to sound Elder Scrolls racist, but I guess it kind of is. <laughs> like, I just don't. I don't mm-hmm. dig them so much just because, like, their history's gnarly, man. Like, yeah. The whole enslavement it, it is. thing is, it's yeah. hard to talk about. It's hard to cover. 
Right. It's super sensitive topic nowadays. So it's like, yeah, how could you do that to another human? I just, I don't get that. So I agree. I have like less of a love for the dark elves than for any of the other really kick-ass races. And Elder Scrolls Online. Man, I'm not going to lie. Nords are really growing on me, especially with this chapter. I mean, just like the, the whole family dynamic that is so incredibly present. Right is just front and center in this expansion. It's hitting all the feels, and I'm not going to lie, man. I'm just like, ooh, I wish you had a magic passives. <laughs> yeah. Cause, oh, oh, that would be nice. Stuff. And they have Rigard. I mean, dude. I mean, that's a win-win. It's Rigard. You know, I mean, why not say yes to Rigard? 2020. Nobody says no to Rigard. <laughs> it's me. Oh, friends, well, we hope you enjoyed this show. And if you did, let us know. Take a couple minutes, leave us a review from whatever platform you are tuning in from. Now, if you leave us a five-star review here on iTunes, we give you some love with a shout-out here on the show. We read it here on the show. So don't forget, you can always leave reviews there as well. Uh, You can always call us, 765-382-6961. You can always email us. Podcast at gmail.com and of course the physical address is P.O. Box 3665 Terre Haute, Indiana 47803 you can find this podcast wherever podcasts are free and for even more Lore Seeker content visit loreseekerspodcast.com now if you want to be like a lot of people especially recently enjoying our community uh, Go ahead and do so. Loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. You download Discord. First off, you're going to read all about us when you go to that page. There's a long bit about who we are. You're going to get a real good vibe whether or not it's a good fit for you. Go to loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. Download Discord. Join our server and apply in the Apply to Guild channel by typing slash apply. You can uh, Mm. special thanks to Family Jewels and Sword Coast Soundscapes on YouTube for the intro and ambience. And cash. I was going to say, that's step one to the douchebag filter. It is. Yep. Every once in a while, people slip through, but guess what? We'll find you. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't take long for someone to stand out in the community. No, and you know what's funny? I think we see it before they do. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes. It's just going to be a a little bit of time before this one's (laughs) not here. We just have a specific person that we're a specific mindset that we're looking for mm. and the cream rises to the top that's all i'll say all, all the time yeah so anyway you can find jibs and i on the social medias you can find the show at lower seekers cast you can find us on instagram at lower seekers you can find us on youtube at lower seekers and on twitch twitch.tv forward slash lower seekers podcast and don't forget to follow us personally Jibs is on Twitter at Jibs IRL and myself on Twitter at LoreseekerCash. The cash is with a K. Thank you, friends. We hope you have a great week. Be awesome. Be loving to people. Love's going to win the day right now. Be loving to other people. Be safe. And dilly freaking dilly. I just brought it back. Chapter 5 It's been nearly three months since I accepted Vindel's gift. When I initially awoke, my skin had grown pale. My eyes no longer held color. I possessed the strength of ten men, the sharp sight of a hawk, 
and hearing better than Skyrim's deer. But still, I recall nothing greater than the initial urge for living blood. I know now why they called the location I was turned the Dying Halls. If those found worthy of the vampiric gifts survive, they are greeted with a meal from the blood thralls. Those who are not, death awaits. This clan is unlike anything I've seen. Fellow vampires dwell in the many rooms that fill the castle. It's quite astonishing, really. It's as if Vendel knew one day this building would house such a great host. In truth, I've grown fond of Vendel. He takes care of his own. And he doesn't believe in betrayal. He believes in efficiency. The idea of betraying one under him would only halt his plan. But she has yet to share. I spend most of my days talking with Velkis, the clan's lorekeeper. According to Velkis, the clan's been around far longer than any on the surface realize. The surface world, as Velkis refers to Tamriel's living, focuses so much on Molek Ball creating the first vampire through LeMay. They never stop to consider what subset of vampirism LeMay might create. With LeMay came her own bloodline, introducing Tamriel to Noxophilic Sanguivoria. But in the unique case of Vindel, an entirely different strain was created, and not on purpose. During the days of the First Era, Vindel's father, Calarian, grew ill from an unknown disease. As he approached death, Vindel's mother, Diana, grew desperate for a cure. So Diana reached out to a local alchemist in Aradon, one who was also proficient in the arcane. The alchemist agreed to help the Grithals, but after much trial and error, with Calarian on the cusp of death, the alchemist tried one final concoction. Out of time and options, the alchemist began recklessly adding ingredients he hadn't used in years. Top shelf, middle shelf, it didn't matter. The ingredients were stirred in the pot. Finally, the potion was complete, sealed with a spell. Trusting the alchemist, Diana gave her husband the antidote. And it worked too well. Calarian arose from his bed, his disease cured, but his skin pale and his eyes white. Calarian snapped the neck of the alchemist without ever touching him, drained his wife of her blood, and when he got to Vindel, he simply bit him, leaving two puncture wounds to his neck. It was there Vindel's life as a vampire began. I write this as I reside in the balcony, cut out from the side of Vindel's mountain. Some time ago, thralls in complete allegiance to Vindel mined out various shafts around the castle, each leading to various rooms and exits to the surface. Fortunately for me, very few come up here, so this has proven a good time to study about my new nature. Before Vindel, Mignor and I would spend weeks studying about our bounty. Through information, one gains strength, and if I'm to understand what I am, I must dedicate myself to this endeavor studying the various books from the castle library. Ah, I can hear Velkus calling from the tunnel behind me. I will write again at my earliest convenience. <laughs>